forward to that day. It's going to be a great day for sure. At this time, we have a special for you. Uh, Miss Cindy and Miss Caitlin uh, have a song that they're going to sing at this time.
Well, thank you, ladies. Appreciate that very much. I was uh, sitting here thinking about how much this reminded me of when we had uh, the COVID thing and we would come in and we'd do church like this um, for several weeks, you know, a couple of months uh, as we went through that whole thing. Uh, I don't mind doing it once in a while, but I hope and pray that never happens again uh, because there's just something about not having the people here, you know. Uh, but I'm glad you've tuned in. I'm glad that uh, you're ready to hear the message today. I will say things happen a whole lot more, uh, a lot quicker uh, when it's just a few of us here. Uh, so we're already into the message and it's uh, barely, uh, you know, 1040. And so uh, anyhow, take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 10. We're going to continue our thought today on Love God More. This, of course, is our theme for the year. And our desire is that through the year here that we would hear messages and be challenged uh, to walk with God, to love God more than we ever have before. And it'd be my prayer uh, that this change will take place, this transformation, if you would, in our hearts. And you might say, well, preacher, you know, I love God already. I love him a lot and uh, already uh, know all these things. But uh, I think we, that we need to realize that Really, we can always love God more. Um, we're never going to get to that point that uh, we love him as much as is all possible. Now, um, I think about my relationship with my wife, and, uh, you know, we've been married a number of years now, 40-plus years, and um, that's right, right, 40-plus 40, 40 years now, and uh, it, it's just been a growing process. Every year I love her more and in, in other ways and deeper and uh, that's the way it ought to be with the Lord, that every year we would draw closer to Him and our love for Him would become greater than it's ever been in our whole life. So we're going to look at Luke chapter 10, verse number 25. And uh, behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. Lord, we love you today, and we thank you for our time together here this morning. Lord, it's our prayer and our desire that we might learn more from your word that uh, we would, uh, when we finish uh, with this sermon today, that our relationship with you would be challenged, that we might walk with you in a greater way, that we might serve you uh, in a greater way, that there might be a greater uh, intimacy in our relationship, that we might know you more and uh, feel like you know us more, and Lord, that uh, we would just grow uh, to be uh, more like you in every way uh, and every day of our life. We thank you for your time together today, and uh, we pray to our God that you would be glorified in our time here this evening. We ask these things in your blessed name, amen. And so last week we started uh, preaching uh, into our theme, uh, Love God More, uh, three simple words, and yet they have, can have a great impact on our lives, and I think if we will let them, uh, they could even change the direction of the way we live. Uh, I want to say that I've been saved over 40 years, 
And I have to be the first to admit that I've not fully grasped what it means to love God with my all. As I read this portion of Scripture, the one thing that keeps ringing back and back and back to me is found there in verse number 27. He says, with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And I just to be honest with you, I have not fully grasped that. It's my intent to. It's my desire to. It's what I want to do. I want to love God more. I want to do that. But yet it's so difficult and it's so hard. And I think it's one of those things that we have to keep challenging ourselves with. That I want, I want more of God. I want more time with Him. I want to know Him in a greater way. I want to surrender myself to Him. And so... I hope and pray that this will be a great challenge uh, to you as it is to me this year. We'll go back to verse number 27 and want to grab just a little bit from last week's message to kind of springboard us uh, into uh, the part of the message that we're going to have today. And so verse number 27, And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. Matthew 22, 37, we read, Then said Jesus unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And of course, Deuteronomy 6, uh, verse number 5, is where this comes from in the Old Testament. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And so, um, just want to, we're going to work on this and develop this here for the next several weeks as we think about uh, loving our God. And, of course, we start with the phrase, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Now this uh, I mentioned last week that this was a part of the phylacteries that the lawyers would uh, wear. They, they wore these boxes, if you would, uh, on their head, and they carried key scriptures. And one of the scriptures was, the one in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse number 5, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. It was to be a constant reminder before them. Uh, maybe they would see their reflection, and they would see that box on their head, and they would be reminded, Oh, I'm supposed to love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. It was just a constant reminder to them is maybe it would be hot during the day and they would begin to sweat and uh, maybe they kind of look up a little bit with their eyes and they'd see that box and they'd remind it, oh, I need to love the Lord thy God. He is my God and I need to love him. And so when we think about this phrase, we realize that um, it's important. And, uh, you know, you might ask yourself, well, why is it so important? Well, it's the way it's worded, the way it's laid out. And so it begins with thou. And thou is a personal thing. And so when we think about our relationship with God, one of the things that they thought about with their relationship with God is that it was a personal thing. Our relationship with God is a personal thing. I cannot have a relationship with God for my wife. I cannot have a relationship with God for someone else. It's about me and him. It's about a personal relationship with him. Matter of fact, we know as we study scripture that we cannot be saved without a personal relationship with Jesus. I wish I could be saved for people. And there's cults out there that practice like maybe being baptized for the dead and uh, maybe 
you know, trying to intercede for others and uh, in a personal relationship, maybe uh, prayers for the dead, things like that. But listen, when it comes down to a relationship with Jesus, it's a personal thing. It's something that you must have. And how do we have that? Well, it comes at salvation. We've got to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And it comes when I ask him to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I pray and say, God, forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. I want you to be my Savior. I want you to save me from my sins. It's a personal relationship. The second word we see there is the word shout. And Webster's Dictionary defines shout as the second person singular of shall, as thou shalt, shalt not steal. Again, it's a personal thing, but it's a command. And so thou shalt. Uh, this is when we're looking into this relationship with Jesus. It's a personal thing. And as a personal thing, it's also a commanded thing. That thou shalt. So if I know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, then I realize not only is it personal, but there's a command to it. And that command is love. Thou shalt love. Thou shalt love. Well, it's uh, sad when you think about the word love because the world interprets it so many different directions. Hollywood's taken and ruined the name love. We have quote-unquote gender groups out there today that have ruined the word love. So as a child of God, I want to encourage you to go back to the book of God. Go back to the God who created you. What does God say about love? What does love look like in relationship to God? And as we begin to go back, we realize that this thing, love, here is uh, to, in our relationship with God is that I'm supposed to pour all my, my, my care for him, uh, pour it into him. And so we are to love him. And of course, the word Lord, when you see the word Lord capitalized as we see it here, it refers to God's name, Yahweh. Lord, master, owner, owner, master. And I like to throw in creator. This is who the Lord is. When we accept him as our Lord and Savior, we pray and we say, God, I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want you to come into my heart. I want you to forgive me. And Lord, I want you to lead in my life. And yet many times we go on with life and we begin to think, well, you know, I, God, I've got this. I want you to kind of be over here for my Sunday fallback. I want you when I need you. But God, I want to go ahead and live my life for me. I want to be pleasing to myself. And God, some relationships here you don't fit into. And some of the things I enjoy you don't fit into. So God, I'm going to walk my own way. And I'm going to go my own way, and I'm going to do my own thing. But God, it's good to have you over here. When if he's Lord, he ought to be able to dictate everything about our life. Yeah, dictate what's going to be the important things of my life. What, how, am I going to, how am I going to live? How, what does God want me to do for him? If I'm going to make him Lord, then I'm going to say, God, I want you to lead me and guide me. I want you to be the one that would lead my life. Then he ends with the phrase, thy God. Again, personal, thy. And then God, there's only one. This world would have you believe there's many gods. And, uh, you know, if we're not careful, we can create many gods in our life. 
and we can choose many other things instead of the true God, but we realize from the Bible there's one true God. One true God. My question would be, is he your Savior today? Is he your Savior? Can you look back to a time and say, I accepted Jesus Christ right here. I know that my sins are forgiven. Heaven's my eternal home. Is he your God? Is he your Savior? He's not going to be your God unless he's your Savior. And, and we all need to know that relationship and have that relationship to know that we're saved and on our way to heaven. Then today, I want us to step out with a new phrase from this portion of Scripture. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. With all thy heart. So for those keeping record in the sound room, I've entitled this Love God More, number two, with all your heart. With all your heart. And there we read in verse 27, he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Jesus' words for this good lawyer, this scribe, uh, about the great commandment quoted here in Deuteronomy chapter 6, he said in verse number 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, all caps, by the way, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. It starts by telling us to love God with our whole hearts. What does that look like? Well, our contemporary culture understands the heart as kind of the center of emotions. But in the Jewish culture, in Jesus' times, the heart was understood that it was more than that. To them, the heart was the center of the will. The center of the will. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. If we're not careful and we don't keep our heart in check, if we don't keep it in line, then we're going to be pulled every direction away from God. We're going, to, we're going to put our heart on something, right? I mean, there was a whole bunch of people last night. They had their heart on the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they had a stadium, people out there freezing to death. I'm so thankful I could sit back in my easy chair. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't paying $10, $12 for a hot dog and, and, you know, whatever, for a Coke. I didn't pay for all that parking. Hey, if you went, great. Praise the Lord. I didn't. I didn't and I'm, I'm glad I got to enjoy the game. But that's, that's it. They're not my life, right? They're not my number one love. We're to keep our heart. And, it, you know, it's easy. Man, I, I grew up a young man, and uh, there's so many different things pulling up my heart. I'd always wanted to be a mechanic, and I, I went into working on cars, and, uh, and I dove in. I got in, and I became a pretty good mechanic at the time and uh, got, you know, toolboxes, all those kind of things to go with it. And yet I came to a point to realize that there's more to life than just working on a dumb car. There's more to life. And I got married, and I'm thankful for my wife, and what a blessing she is. And, and she's the best blessing that God's ever given to me, and I love her so much. But I can't give her my whole heart, because I, my whole heart belongs to God. But she's got all the rest of it, whatever there is of it. God's number one, she's number two. And, and I chose to make him number one of my life, and my number one in my heart. And he's the one that gets my quality time. 
not the leftover time. Not the, well, let's see, I can go here, 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 or church. I can, I can do, I can watch TV, I can, uh, I can read a book, I can read the Bible, or I can go play in the yard. We, we're faced with all kinds of choices all the time. We have to make choices and decisions. And choices and decisions that we make, they kind of form what is our number one focus of our heart. Well, we have to guard our heart. We have to keep it. We live in a day and age where the world would like to destroy our hearts. It would like to pull our hearts away. It would like for us, and the Bible talks about this, it would like for our hearts to say that good is evil and evil is good. It would like to distort us. It would like to tell us lies. It would like to bring sin into our hearts. If we don't keep our hearts diligently, then all these things can come in and destroy our lives. We can think of the heart as a place of our spiritual life our thoughts, our feelings, our motivations, our reason, and our understanding. Our hearts are very important to us. And we have to guard our heart. Because if we don't guard our heart, the devil can slip in. Even if we keep three quarters of our heart over here on God, if we're not careful, Satan can come in and distort part of that heart and we're not wholeheartedly with God. We need to give him our whole heart, our decisions, our morals, all come from our heart. So loving God wants us to love him with our whole heart, to have a strong desire that will pull us to him, that will bring us into that closer relationship, that will help us to desire him more than anything else in life. It's amazing how quickly our love for God can change almost overnight. We can replace our love for God with a love for things, or we can make new gods and new loves in our life, like jobs and friends and wealth and, and even education and stuff. But we need to realize that Jesus is Lord. He is Lord. He is Master. He's Creator God. He should have absolute authority over us as our Savior. We cannot say that he is Lord if we refuse to grant him total access and control of every area of our life. Well, God, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you uh, 80% of my life. This over here, this is my stuff. You get that stuff. You're not a wholehearted follower of God then. With our whole heart, we should follow him. Everything ought to be examined in consideration of our relationship with God. Does this draw me closer to him, or does this hinder me in my walk with him? A spiritual relationship with God begins from within, okay? So our third point is the application. How to love with all of our heart. How are we to love with all of our heart? Well, the spiritual relationship with God begins within with a proper disposition towards the preeminent Savior, our sovereign God, and our satisfier. So to love God with all of our heart, we've got to, we've got to have this, real, this desire for the spiritual relationship with God, and it all begins right in here. It all begins when we hear the preaching of the Word of God or we, 
read the scripture and the scripture motivates us or the word of God would motivate us to say, to hear maybe the Holy Spirit of God say, I want a closer relationship with you. I want you to love me more. I want you to serve me more. And then when you say, I want that too, I want that also. But there's some things I'm going to have to change in my, in my spiritual being that that's, that can happen. There may be things that have to go. There may be things in my life that are hindering me in my relationship with God. I've got to let those things go. There may be people in my life that are hindering me in my relationship. They have to go. It's all about choices, isn't it? I'm going to love the Lord my God with all my heart. And if I realize Proverbs 4.23 nailed it when it said, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life, then everything that comes my way has to be looked at in a, a spiritual relationship. Is this going to help me or hurt me? Is this going to draw me closer to God? Is this going to push me away from God? Are these friends going to be a help with me? You know, I remember back in the day, I grew up in DeSoto, Kansas, and boy, it was highlight in the 70s, you know. I grew up in, uh, I had my first car in 76, and I, DeSoto was such a hotbed of activity that uh, the main street in DeSoto was two blocks long. And we'd go from one end of, of the two-block area to the other end, and then we'd flip a U. It, uh, you know, such a bustling town that we could pull that off with no incident. So I'd go down to one end, and I'd turn and U, head back down to the other end, two blocks long, turn and U, and we could spend hours doing that. It was so enjoyable. I don't know why. I was a kid. I thought that was fun. I thought that was something neat. I thought that was something that would really be a help. In the middle of all that, my brother went to camp. By the way, at this time, in the 70s here, my hair's long, my music's wild, my relationships, friends, people in my life were wild and crazy. There were things in my life going on I was not happy of. In the middle of all that, my brother went and he got saved, went to a youth camp, got saved. Started going to a Christian school. Through a series of events, I was kind of fed up with the old public school. I wanted out. I thought the Christian school would be a good thing. It'd be a new bunch of girls to meet. Um, I just thought that would really be a great thing. And so I went, got my hair cut. I remember doing that. Uh, our, our town had two little barbers. One of them was Tib Price. I went and sat in Tib's chair and he cut my hair, and it went from here to like this. I walked in that day, and Tib was also a neighbor of ours. And he said, you know, I've waited three years to do this. You talk about hair, it was everywhere. I went to work that night, and then when I got off, I went to do what everybody in DeSoto did, flip some U's, you know, just cruise the, the main street there. And, and I get in my car, and... I'm headed down the street. It was like no one wanted to identify with me. Same car, same person, different haircut, no identification. 
There was no acknowledgments. It's like friends dried up almost overnight just because of one simple thing, just getting a haircut. But I'm, as I look back on that, I'm very thankful because little did I know that God was going to save me and that I would then have to go through a culling process because not all my friends were going to help me grow. And so when I got saved, I still had some relationships, some friendships. And when I began to talk to them about Jesus, they didn't want to hear anything. Most of them left me. I didn't have to leave them. They left me. Others still wanted me to go out and party with them. I wasn't going to do that. And when I made that quite evident, they left me. What, you don't want to go out and party with us anymore? No, I don't do that anymore. I've given that up. I, I don't do that anymore. I was, I was moving into a closer relationship with God. Things were beginning to fall off. Things were beginning to leave. And then I, I had room for new stuff. I had room for going to church. I had room for new friends. I had room for people who were going to help me draw closer to God. I had time to do things that were going to be beneficial, all because I began to make some choices, all because I, I felt like there, there was this need, this decision to be done. And, and I, when I asked Jesus into my heart, he kind of accelerated that, that I wanted to be around Christians, those who knew the Lord, those who loved God. It wasn't long, though, when I got into those relationships with other Christians, I soon realized that not all Christians are good for you. Now that's hard to hear, isn't it? But it's true. You know, there's some worldly Christians that are more worldly than the world in some ways. They've not made decisions and choices in their life, and they become great stumbling blocks and hindrances in the development of many Christians. But God wants his people to lay open their heart and to love him with all their heart. And if we will love him with all of our heart, then there's, there will, he will add to us those that we need in our life so that we might continue to grow to be like him. Deuteronomy 8, 5 says, Thou shalt also consider in thy heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. There's been some times that I've, tried to walk away from God or I've done, done some things and God's like, oh, no, you don't. And he chastened me. He, he brought things into my life to make my life difficult. When I stood back, I looked, I said, oh, that's God trying to get my attention. God's trying to get a hold of my heart. He's trying to let me know that, that my heart is his and it should all be his, not just some of it, but all of it. That would all be his. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 39 and 40, we read, Know therefore this day and consider it in thy heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and upon the earth beneath. There is none else. Thou shalt keep therefore his statutes and his commandments which I command thee this day that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee and that thou mayest prolong thy days upon the earth, which the Lord thy God giveth thee forever. At that moment of salvation, when I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, 
There needs to be a, a change. It, it's kind of crazy. When the Holy Spirit moves in, this change, this desire for change comes along with him. And just as I lost friends and just as I began to make choices and decisions, I'm going to church, I want to know more about God. I can remember going to church early, early years and the preacher would call off, you know, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians. I'm like, man, I think that's in the New Testament. Where can that be? And probably half the sermon, I'm, I'm still trying to find where he, was, where he was starting at. Man, if he went in the Old Testament and the Minor Prophets, I'm like, whoa, where's Haggai? I'm, I always liked Malachi because I knew that was right by Matthew. I, I could pretty well split my Bible. Anytime you come for Psalms, you just kind of open your Bible in the middle. You know you're going to hit Psalms. But there was a growth. There was a change. And I came to a point in my life where I said, I want to love God more. I want to know more about him. So I began to give him my heart. And I began to seek after him. I, be, I began to want to be like him. And then I heard preaching like this right here from Deuteronomy 440. And it says, thou shalt keep his statutes and his commandments. And I thought, well, I think that would be good for me. I think those things would be applicable to me. That it may go well with you. Man, I want it to go well with me, right? I mean, who doesn't want it to go well with us? Well, it does if we'll take the word of God and we'll apply it to our lives. And if we'll change that, that needs to be changed. So I uh, referenced many times that I used to be a mechanic. I still do a little on my own, not near as much as what I used to, but I work on my own cars every once in a while. <clears throat> so I begin to watch these reels, and there's uh, reels out there, mechanic reels, and they go, this guy brought the car in for this, and uh, so like one of them, it goes, this guy brought a car in for an oil leak. And I got this car up on the rack, and it's running, and the oil pan is shattered. And you can actually see the crank and the rods turning over and over and over. And I'm like, first of all, it's a miracle it hasn't locked up. But second of all, how did it ever get there? And third of all, what caused that to break like that? And then a lot of times they'll show just odd stuff, and then they'll go, and the customer refused to fix it. Like, how do you refuse to? Yeah, I saw one, the, the, the uh, front lower control arm was falling off the car. And they said it was, it was being held on with ratchet straps. That's probably a Ford. Uh, they were using these ratchet straps to, to hold this lower control arm on. And it said, and the customer refused to fix it. And I'm like, what in the world? How are you going to drive that thing? What's, but the sad part is Christians just like that. The Word of God wants us to draw us closer to Him, to make us more like Him. And yet the customer looks at it and goes, it costs too much. Just put it back down, I'll go on and live my life the way I've been living it. That's too big a sacrifice. God can't really mean that. God doesn't want me to give that up and that up and that up and that up. God wouldn't, I, I'm not going to make that sacrifice. Just put it down, I'll take it, I'll do my own thing. Truth of the matter is, if you want the blessings of God upon your life, we need to learn to read His Word and apply it in our life. And our heart ought to be, Lord, with all my heart, 
I want to love you. And God, as I read your word with all my heart, I'm loving you. And if you've got changes you want to make, bring them to my attention and I will change these things that I might walk with you in a better way, that I might be closer to you. Deuteronomy 6.6 says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. Deuteronomy, I'm sorry, Jeremiah 31.33 says, But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. I want to be God's people. I know the English isn't good there, but it sounds all right to me. I want to be known as God's people. I want people to know, hey, there's a guy that loves God and he really loves him. There's been great changes in his life. If you'd go back and you would meet people who knew me when I was in high school and they would meet me me now, most of them would not comprehend it because they knew what I used to be and they see what I am now. How did all that happen? It all happened because I said, God, I want more of you than anything else. I want more of you. With all my heart, I want you. Jesus tells this lawyer, what does the word say? And the lawyer says, well, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And Jesus says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all. And Jesus said unto him, thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. You see, if we... If we know to do good and we doeth it not, we're not really going to live that good Christian life, that good spiritual life that God wants us to live. If we say, well, you know, (laughs) I know God's Word says this, I know God's Word says that, this is the way I interpret it, this is what I'm going to do, you're not going to experience the full advantage of the Christian life of the person totally sold out to God. You're just not going to do it. Because it's like being married with limitations. You know, honey, I I love you. And I'm going to come home five nights out of the week. The other two are mine. (laughs) They better get the gun out because, I mean, she's going to kill me when I show up. If that would be the way our relationship was, that'd never work. She wants a whole heart. She wants me to say she's the only one and she is the only one. So with our relationship with God, he ought to be the only one. Whatever he would ask is not too great. I want to be found pleasing to him. I want to love him with all my heart. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for the truth of your word. I pray to God that you would use this message in our lives and our hearts, that we might seek to walk with you and to serve you in all that we do. We love you and we ask these things in your name. Amen. We're going to actually have a moment of invitation. God's spoken to your heart. Maybe right there in your seat, you'd just like to talk to God and say, God, I I want to love you with all my heart. I want to start making those changes in my life. I want to put you number one, whatever your need is today. Maybe you're, you're lost and you're sitting there with mom and dad, or maybe you're there all by yourself. You know, even if you're there all by yourself, you can get saved today. You just realize that you're a sinner that needs a Savior that Jesus paid the price for your sin debt, 
And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a simple, God, would you come into my heart? Forgive me of my sins that I might be saved. Just that simple. Whatever your need is today, I'll give you a few moments. Just to respond to God's leading as Cindy plays just as I am. So just a few things I'd remind you uh, to continue to pray for B. Cooper. Uh, there's a lot of decisions they're having to make concerning uh, her health. And so if you'd pray for her, Miss Debbie, uh, she posted about that on Facebook. And if you would continue to pray for Miss Reagan and uh, baby Stephen, uh, for uh, God to just protect her here the next couple of weeks uh, as uh, she's waiting for the delivery there. They're still in the hospital and will be until the birth of uh, little baby Stephen, so be praying for them. And uh, then we'll look forward to being back together Wednesday night. Uh, good Lord willing, uh, we'll be here 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. We encourage you to come and to be with us. The rest of the announcements you've probably gotten uh, through uh, having been here. We've got a, a several patch starting again <clears throat> on Wednesday night, and then this coming Friday night will be a chili cook-off and uh, game night. And so uh, you can mark those things down, plan to be a part. Good to be together today. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your great love for us. And Lord, I do want to love you with all my heart. I want you to be the, the number one person, the number one thing that I think on, uh, that I love, that I give my all to. God, I pray that for all your people. I pray that it be our desire. And Lord, I know that we're going to fail because we are imperfect humans and we will fail. But God, I'm so thankful for a great loving God that will let us pick ourselves up and get back on track and continue to walk with you and serve you with our lives. Thank you for this time together. I pray that you would keep everyone safe uh, through this cold snap. Lord, we look forward to being back uh, together as a body of believers. We love you and we ask these things in your name. Amen. Goodbye.